in this fourth session of Look at the Book on Romans 8. We're focusing on verse 3, which contains some of the most central and precious truth in the Bible. So, Father, I ask that you would protect me from being glib or cavalier or unfaithful or mistaken in any way concerning these glorious things. Help us to see and to be moved by and to embrace and believe and be changed by these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For God has done what the the law, the Mosaic law, could not do. So God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, my flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Let's begin here. His own Son. He sent his own Son in in the flesh, namely the likeness of sinful flesh. This is not like John Piper was sent to Bethlehem several decades ago to be a pastor. I wasn't sent into flesh. This is, this is, um, this in the flesh is incarnation. This is the Son of God who uh, existed before the world, um, Galatians 4, 4, um, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of woman. This is Philippians uh, 2, 4 through 7. Uh, he was in the likeness, or he, he was in the very form of God, but didn't count equality with God. Equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and, and took on human flesh. This is, this is Colossians one nineteen and 2.9 where the, Jesus is described as bearing the very fullness of deity. And so we have the incarnation of the second person of the Godhead coming into human flesh, but it's the likeness of sinful flesh. It's, it's real flesh, but it's the likeness of sinful flesh because he didn't sin. And so we have... Uh, two things said about the Son. He is divine, sent into the world, and he is sent in real flesh as sin, sinless. And because of his infinite worth as divine and because of his perfection morally as sinless, he is able to do this work which no man could do, no mere man could do. That is, be condemned for sin when he had no sin. Whose sin was he being condemned by God for? God condemned sin, namely mine and yours, let's say ours. In the flesh, whose flesh? Not ours. We get off. We get free. We're vindicated. No condemnation. We go to heaven, not hell. Our flesh doesn't bear the penalty. His flesh bore the penalty. So this is Christ's flesh. And these two things are what we call 
substitution, right? Our sin punished in Christ's flesh. He took our place. He was our substitute. This is the, the heart of the Christian gospel. This is the news that needs to be taken to the world that Christ, the Son of God, has been sent into the world to be condemned by his Father for our sin in his own flesh. Which now raises the question, what does it mean up here? What God has done, God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. What's that? Well, it's, it's this. The law can't do this condemning work to which I'm tempted to respond, whoa, I think the law, the law of God is very good at condemning sin. Yes, it is. But the law in condemning sin can only and always get a verdict of guilty. That's all the law can do. And it does. It succeeds at getting a version, a verdict of guilty every time it pronounces on those who don't obey it. And we don't obey it. But the law could never do this, namely condemn sin in the flesh of the Son of God. And therefore, the law, law can never get a, a not guilty verdict. But God can. Why could the law never get a not guilty verdict? Because of the, the flesh, weakened by the flesh. Well, what, what's wrong with the flesh? Well, we're going to see in, in verses 7 and 8 that the mind of the flesh does not submit to God. It is in rebellion against God. That's who we are by nature since the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. We are rebellious. So when the law meets the flesh, what happens is not law-keeping, but law-breaking. And law-breaking, according to the law, always receives condemnation, but not the condemnation of Jesus. That's the gospel. And so here's the upshot of this amazing verse. This is God's law. And this is God's work in condemning sin in the flesh of his son. This is not plan B. God knew all along that this law would fail. He planned for it to fail. Romans 10, uh, uh, 4 says Christ is the goal of the law, or the the Christ is the goal of the the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This the whole law was intended to lead to to Christ, which it has done now. But catch this: this means that God, the lawgiver, who has appointed that there be a punishment for sin, which He Himself executes as the judge, has now rescued us from God. God has rescued us from God. God rescues. Sinners from God. God's holy love, as David Wells so well calls it, rescues us from God's holy wrath and judgment. 
And this is called love. This is the heart of the gospel, which is love. 